Welcome to the Bovine Ontario Animal Health Network Q2 Update. I'm Dr. Cynthia Miltenberg, co-lead of the Owen Bovine Network. We have a couple of quarterly highlights for you today, including items of interest from our recent expert network meeting and an update on provincial diagnostic lab data. At the most recent Bovine Owen expert meeting, our group of veterinarians and specialists working in government, university research and laboratories, and in beef, dairy, and veal practice discussed a number of key topics. We'd like to provide a few highlights from our discussion. Over the summer, several practitioners and the lab felt they saw an increase in blackleg cases. Blackleg is an acute, typically fatal disease of ruminants caused by the bacterium Clostridium chauvii. In cattle, it typically presents as muscular swelling without a history of injury or wounds, or in some cases, sudden death. Administration of a multivalent Clostridium vaccine is safe and reliable for cattle to prevent the disease. Don't forget to include annual spring boosters given ongoing risk. Recently, a large abortion outbreak was worked up at our diagnostic laboratory. From a dairy farm with a history of over 15 abortions in a one month period, fetal tissues were positive for bovine herpes virus 1 with consistent lesions on histopathology. This was one of four total cases confirmed for bovine herpes virus 1 abortion submitted to the AHL in 2021 and 2022. Cases generally represent localized outbreaks of multiple aborted fetuses, often between five to eight months of gestation. A full case report is available in the most recent AHL newsletter, so check it out. Recently, dairy farmers in Ontario received individual results from a bulk milk tank surveillance program indicating if herds are low or high risk for a panel of infectious diseases. Testing included Yoni's disease, bovine leukosis in Salmonella Dublin, as well as a panel of infectious mastitis pathogens. There's been an interest in pursuing additional individual Salmonella Dublin and Yoni's testing following release of the surveillance results. Finally, our bovine colleagues in Quebec have shared that last winter, several cattle farms reported outbreaks of winter dysentery that were more severe and contagious than what is typically observed with this disease. Cattle required additional supportive therapy, including blood transfusions to combat the hemorrhagic dysentery. It is hypothesized that a new, more virulent and contagious strain may now be in circulation. Ontario bovine practitioners should be aware of this possibility and the Owen Bovine Network encourages our veterinarians in the field to report any such suspected disease to the network via our reported disease tool on our website. Now, over to Dr. Rebecca Egan, our network pathologist for our Provincial Diagnostic Lab data update. Thanks, Cynthia. So in quarter two, which spanned from May 1st to July 31st of 2022, there were nearly 140 bovine pathology submissions. It was a fairly routine quarter, uh, so this will be a short review of the most common uh, diagnoses during this quarter. Starting with adult cattle, there were 35 submissions. Uh, from there, there was more beef than dairy and about twice as many send-in cases than post-mortems. Uh, again, it was pretty typical. Uh, pneumonia was associated with the usual, usual suspects, so Mannheimia hemolytica, Pasturella meltosida, Mycoplasma bovis, and uh, there was a bit of Viverstenia trehalosi in there as well. Uh, neurologic disease, we had a couple of diagnoses of polioencephalomalacia and listeriosis. Um, as Cynthia mentioned, uh, some diagnoses of clostridial myositis, so black leg. 
there was uh, an uptick in that a bit. Um, an interesting case, uh, we don't see, I don't typically see much of dermatitis, uh, and that was with this isolation of Staph aureus uh, in this one case. Uh, also a couple of eosinophilic myositis, idiopathic, we, we don't often uh, necessarily get uh, a definitive diagnosis. Um, presumably there's a parasitic uh, association there, but a lot of the times by the time we see it, uh, we don't um, have any organisms left in, in the lesions. Uh, there was also a case of septicemia uh, that was associated with the isolation of Streptococcus dysgalactiae subspecies equisimilis. Um, so that was uh, something that I wanted to highlight as well. Moving on to older calves, so those ranging from two months to two years of age, we had 23 submissions. Uh, this one was more beef than dairy, uh, about twice as many beef than dairy. Uh, we had one bison as well and uh, three of these, um, three of the submissions did not have the commodity specified. Uh, 18 submissions were send-ins. Um, again, some of these were a bit limited by too few histology samples or lack of uh, fresh tissues for ancillary testing, which can uh, hinder the, uh, our ability to reach a comprehensive diagnosis. And then we had 5 p.m. submissions. Again, the typical... Um, Typical agents, so enteritis, colitis with associated with coccidia, cryptosporidiosis. Um, there were probably some viral uh, ones in there as well. Uh, septicemia, clostridial myositis, again in, in this group. Uh, case of dermatitis, uh, so ringworm diagn diagnosed um, via biopsy. Uh, there was also uh, abomycitis ruminitis, so one of those was MCF, um, and that was the bison. And then also a case that was mycotic, um, and that also had uh, mycotic omphalitis, so ascending uh, navel infection uh, being involved with that as well. Uh, pneumonia, again, typical agents, so Menheimia hemolytica, Pastorella, Ambovis, uh, some my the mycotic pneumonia as well associated with that other case. And um, we did have a case of idiopathic interstitial pneumonia. So I did want to point out that this prompted um, an online disease submission from the veterinarian through the Bovine Owen Network website, which was great. Um, so I'll just give a little bit of information about this case. So um, the history was that we had a 250-pound Angus calf that was on pasture with the dam. Um, acute onset of severe dyspnea died um, while attempting to halter for the exam. But, um, you know, the calf was quiet and it wasn't, you know, an excessive stress of handling or anything like that. Um, on postmortem, uh, the, the main finding was uh, pneumonia that looked interstitial. And then uh, on histology, uh, it was a severe necrotizing looking pneumonia. Um, there were no, so, you know, kind of makes you think maybe viral or that atypical interstitial pneumonia. Um, no etiologic agents were identified with the bacterial culture, which wasn't really suspected based on either the gross or the histologic appearance. Uh, and the viral PCRs for bovine herpes virus 1, PI3, and BRSV were negative. Um, we did not pursue um, in testing for influenza, but th that would be one other option as well. Um, and uh, But it would, in this case, as far as I know, no other cows or calves in the group were affected. Um, so that was an interesting case um, of idiopathic uh, interstitial pneumonia. 
Moving on to the young calves, so less than two months of age, there were 41 submissions, uh, 18 dairy and 22 beef, and two that weren't specified with respect to commodity. Uh, mostly day case submissions, so those were 35 send-in cases and then uh, eight post-mortem. Uh, again, pretty much the same um, as you would expect for the etiologies with respect to pneumonia um, and enteritis, you know, rotavirus, coronavirus, crypto, coccidia, and ETEC. Um, couple, there was a case of fibrinosuppurative meningitis, and I don't think that this had um, any ancillary testing to, to know for sure what the uh, cause was. Um, off the top of my head, some things that I would be considering for a diagnosis of fibrinosuppurative meningitis in this age group would include, uh, you know, septicemia, salmonella, things like that. Um, and then, yeah, abomasal ulcers um, and uh, case of peritonitis. And moving on to the uh, abortion stillbirth, premature birth section, uh, we had 22 submissions for bovine ab abortion investigations, uh, vast majority dairy. So 21 were dairy and one was beef. Uh, for the PM submissions, definitely um, were the bulk of that. So we had 20 of those and then only two that were send-in cases. Uh, of these, uh, 21 were attributed to abortion and one was a full-term periparturian death. And out of these, you know, 22 cases, a presumptive or definitive diagnosis was was assigned in 15, uh, 15 of the cases. So that's pretty good. Um, of those bacterial isolates, so bacterial um, cause of abortion uh, included things that we typically see like bacillus, um, lycanoformis, and streptococcus pleuranomalium. Uh, also, we had one that was Campylobacter fetus, subspecies fetus, so that was interesting. So I thought that was worthy of noting. Uh, like Cynthia mentioned, we've we've got cases of bovine herpes virus one. Also, your typical things like Neosporin urea plasma. Uh, we did have a case of where we're thinking it was uh, very likely leptospirosis. So this was a dairy herd uh, with ten abortions in two months, uh, approximately five, around the five month gestation mark. Uh, and uh, unvaccinated, the this uh, um, had a PCR positive on fetal tissue um, for leptospirus species. So while that's not necessarily confirmatory, uh, that was suspected to be um, something that could be contributing. And and we always want to interpret this in context with the entire clinical picture and the rest of the herd. And um, you know if there are more than one abortion um you know if this one said 10 abortions in two months but i think we only assessed one um so it, it's important uh, if you've got multiple abortions happening you know sometimes you have to send in two one two three um cases uh to be confident in in what's going on um also there was a, a case with malformation um so this was interesting because there were a couple things going on but uh the malformations were uh craniosheasis and microencephaly with cerebellar hypoplasia and brachygnathia. So, we, you know, you wonder, uh, I believe this was a beef um, beef animal. Uh, so, we, you know, you wonder about perhaps um, micronutrient levels. So, uh, this case, the, the uh, fetal liver was sent and uh, there were low uh, hepatic manganese levels. Hepatic manganese levels are lower in fetuses, so um, compared to adults, which has a reference range of about 2 to 6 micrograms per gram, uh, fetuses, it can be hard to find reference values, but uh, 
it, and it is quite a, a bit of a wide range as well, but 0 0.9 to about 4.5 micrograms per gram is something that uh, I've come across in the literature. And in this case, the test sample was 0.56 micrograms per gram, so below that 0.9 at the lower end of the reference interval there. Um, so micronutrient assessment was suggested uh, for this herd. In addition, this abortion, in addition to these um, malformation lesions, there was a necrosuppurative placentitis with vasculitis. So there was obviously some sort of secondary or concurrent bacterial um, infection going on. So um, that was a bit of a more complex case, but I wanted to, to talk about that um, hepatic manganese levels and just a reminder that uh, mineral assessment is something that can be part of a, a workup, um, but it can be tricky at times as well. Moving on to salmonella. So in total, there were 267 bovine submissions that had bacterial culture performed, and this is not including milk samples. So that generated about 380 cultures. Uh, salmonella was isolated from five submissions, representing about uh, estimated five separate premises. Uh, and of those, three um, submissions had isolation of Salmonella Dublin, and again, representing three separate premises. Uh, and as we typically see, primary findings associated with, with these included pneumonia, arthritis, bibitus arthritis, and sudden death. And finally, BBDV update. So uh, pretty uh, quiet uh, on the front for this one. So a total of 144 BBDV PCR tests were performed. There was one positive result generated from one submission uh, with a history where the calf had died suddenly um, due to uh, Menheimia hemolytica pneumonia. And it was noted in the history that that calf had been vaccinated uh, three weeks prior uh, with uh, Bovishield 3. Uh, as for IHC, I do not believe that there were any um, IHC tests for BVD that quarter. And uh, that brings me to the end of our AHL summary for quarter two. Thanks, Rebecca. We appreciate you providing that update. Check out this quarter's Owen report for additional information, including a case report on a Manheimia hemolytica outbreak in mature dairy cows. Thanks for joining us for our Q2 update. For more information, check out our website at owen.ca.